We don't think that less bad uh, is good. Less bad is not our measure of success. One job lost is one job too many, and it's still too much pain. And welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Adam Davidson. And I'm Alex Bloomberg. Today is Friday, October 2nd. And that was Vice President Joe Biden, you heard at the top, talking about today's sad unemployment numbers. Today on the podcast, we ask a question about something that is not happening. Right. Why? With so many people saying capitalism's flaws have been more exposed than they've been since the Great Depression, aren't people around the world responding the way they did in the 1930s by embracing, you know, alternate ideologies like communism and socialism. We're going to talk to Eurasia Group's David Gordon about that in a minute. But first, Alex, our Planet Money indicator is, it's the only one we could have today, 263,000. That is the net number of jobs lost last month. The unemployment rate is kissing 10%, and this is bad in a way that we haven't seen in a while. Right. I mean, normally for the last year or whatever, we have this economic data that comes out and we say, okay, it's bad. You know, obviously we want the economy to be adding jobs, not losing jobs. But don't worry, there is some good news hidden in the numbers because this month's bad number is less than last month's bad number. So the trend is towards improvement. Eventually we're going to be adding jobs. Right. And that's what we've been saying for the past couple of months because each time the unemployment numbers came out, for example, example, they were slightly less bad than the month before. We cannot say that today. This number is, in fact, worse than last month's number and worse than what most analysts were expecting. A lot Way worse. worse. Yeah. yeah. It sort of suggests that the little glimmer of hope we were hanging on to, that things are still getting worse, but getting worse more and more slowly, we can't even hang on to that sad hope anymore. Yeah. Sheesh. Now, I will say when there's Good news or bad news, I mean, there's a lot of economic data points every week, every month, every year, and you can't tell a whole story based on one piece of data, although this piece of data is pretty depressing. Right. But in our continuing search to find you, the listeners of Planet Money, something good to think about, at least this crisis hasn't tipped half the world into a socialist dictatorship. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's what happened the last major economic crisis we had, of course, the Great Depression. Right. And... and not just you and I, but lots of people we talked to have been puzzling over this question. Why isn't there more of an, a, an extreme response? Uh, a year ago, just as this crisis was entering its acute phase, Alex, one of the first Planet Money interviews we did together, um, which actually never aired because it got overwhelmed by the crisis itself, right. was with a Marxist economist, Rick Wolf, who teaches at University of Massachusetts. Right, who is, we should say, is not in favor of the dictatorship part of the socialist uh, path that taken. <laughs> right. Yes. yes, he was very clear about that. <laughs> but he and he was it was a fascinating you know in, in, interesting talk and he seemed to feel that this is a great time to be a Marxist. He said that with the financial markets collapsing, more and more people were questioning capitalism and looking at other options. And you know, in his view, communism was sitting there as a great option that that explains the world much better than capitalism. And I have heard this from a lot of people, like left wingers who who like this fact, and right wingers or moderates who are scared of this fact, but the idea that, oh boy, this crisis clearly is going to amp up the roles of of socialist and communist uh, movements. And yet it hasn't happened. So every month we talk to our friends at Eurasia Group, and this seemed like a great topic to explore with them. This time we're talking to David Gordon. He's head of research over there. And we started with Germany, which just recently had elections. 
the German elections were held last weekend, and uh, the Socialist Party, the, the SPD, came in literally with its weakest showing in decades, some 23% of the vote, and instead of having a coalition, a left-right coalition government uh, between the, the socialists and the conservatives, there's going to be a center-right coalition be, between the conservatives and the, the so-called liberals, the free Democrats, who are actually on economic policy further to the right of the conservatives. Wow. And are they like Anglo-Saxon style Chicago school free market or are they? No. no. And here's part of the answer to what's going on. I think in the places where the right has done particularly well in Europe, especially Germany and France, it's partially because they, they've gone and co-opted some of the traditional issues of the left. Mm-hmm. So in, in Germany, uh, Chancellor Merkel uh, both is a strong proponent of vigorous action on global climate change and is a proponent of pretty tough regulatory reform uh, on banks and financial institutions uh, and has been using sort of nationalist populist rhetoric there to to gain support. All right. So let's talk about some other places. So so France, we have um, Sarkozy and, and a similar center-right yep. um, government. Um, Israel had elections, and, and obviously Israel, we always think of them as voting on Palestine, you know, Israel issues. But, but I know from spending time in Israel that economics is very important. And Netanyahu, who won um, a majority and is now prime minister in Israel, is almost as much known for his free market um, Revolution that really destroyed the last vestiges of Zionist socialism in the 80s and 90s, um, and and his party's you know free free market attitude. So so that's another place um, here in the U.S. I mean, yeah. John Edwards had a pretty poor showing, and he was clearly on the you know old Europe left side of the right. Democratic campaign. And the U.K. We're told that very likely Labor is going to suffer a pretty painful defeat that's to the right. conservatives. It, it, that's right. It looks almost inconceivable that the conservatives won't win the U.K. general election next year. And, and of course, in European uh, parliamentary elections this summer, the left did very, very poorly as well. And, and David, uh, if we go to Asia, Southeast Asia, South America, is, it, is the trend or does the trend uh, differ? If we, I think in, in, in Latin America... In Latin America, it's it's a little less clear. Uh, I mean, clearly, um, President Lula in Brazil, who is a a man of the left, remains very popular. But part of his popularity has to do with the fact that he moved considerably to the right, particularly on economic policies over the years. Uh, yeah, he was someone I know the U.S. was very worried about, and and has actually become a darling of of U.S. market-based absolutely. folks. Yeah. Exactly. So, so Lula is still very, very popular. Um, Mexico, after after uh, a period of long domination by a center-left party, now has a much more competitive three-party system. But Mexico currently is ruled by a conservative center-right coalition. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a, a more mixed picture in Latin America in general. The interesting finding, I would say, particularly outside of Europe, is that incumbents have held up pretty well. 
uh, incumbents have held up pretty well. In Europe, ironically, the incumbents that have been most vulnerable have been incumbents on the left, uh, and and that partially has to do with the fact that they were seen as governing during this period of financial collapse and, and great greed by the bankers, and I think they lost support and lost the credibility in their own constituencies a little bit. Could hmm. you expect conservatives to be friendly with the banks, but you feel betrayed when the liberals are? I, I mean, I'm not sure exact. I think that's what it is that 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 the that the left in 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 Britain, the left in Germany, the hard left in Germany, by the way, the remnants of the former East European East German Communist Party actually did pretty well in the election. Uh, so I I do think that that this was a particular defeat of the of the uh, social democratic left and part of it was that they've lost votes both to the hard left and especially to the greens i mean the greens the the sort of new concern with environment uh... Uh, rather than with traditional left-wing labor issues, I think is part of what's the explanation uh, behind the the failure of the left. And I think that has less to do with the financial crisis and more to do just with the rise of environmental sensitivity in Europe. Mm-hmm. And 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 is there any what I mean? It does seem just like you know the question is sort of you know here we have one of the greatest sort of failures of capitalism to come along in a long time since, you know, probably the, the, the 20s. And and it seems like a perfect opportunity for somebody to capitalize on that. Which why? it certainly was during the Depression. <laughs> Which it certainly was during the Depression. It was during the Depression, yeah. absolutely. Why, why, why is that not happening now, whoever it is? It doesn't seem like anybody is really jumping on and saying, this is, here, this is perfect, you know, here, this is why my idea is better than what yeah. we had before. No, why, I, why is that not happening? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's not happening because I really don't think at the end of the day there's a clear consensus on who was at fault here. Uh, and was it, was it a regulatory failure, which is in some ways the failure of governments and what they're supposed to be doing? Was it a failure of greed, uh, 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 of the inability to control capitalists? That's sort of a, left, a traditional left-wing argument, or did it have to do with these large global imbalances, the, the differences between uh, surplus countries like China and Germany on the one hand versus deficit countries like the United States on the other? So I don't think that, that there is a clear, compelling um, story out there that particularly that has played to the left, and part of the story has to do with the failure of regulation and the failure of government. And I just believe that there's a lot less interest today, uh, both in Europe and in the United States, in, in government-based solutions than there, there was at the time of the, of the Great Depression. At the time of the Great Depression, sort of big government was yet to be tried. So you're saying, was it, was it greedy bankers, lazy, captured regulators, or global uh, macroeconomic conditions? Why do we have to pick one? Can't it well, be all three? That's right. It was all three in some sense. But, but I think that, 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 that the, the left has failed to come up with a, a, compelling, a compelling story about all of those 
that that has had appeal across different constituencies. And I do believe that that part of the issue here is the success of the right and in particular of certain leaders of the right. And I highlight here both Sarkozy in France and Angela Merkel in Germany in in really co-opting some of the rhetoric of the left and some of the ideas of the left, particularly in their support for environmentalism, for a strong stance on global warming, and in also supporting populist stances against bankers. So I do think that you've got to give some credit here to the political right. The political right has been, I think, a little more agile here than has the political left. Of course, there is another major difference between now and the Great Depression, which is, today's bad news aside, it does not seem like this is going to be quite as long or as deep as we thought it might be a year ago when everyone was freaking out, or certainly not as long or as deep, it seems, as the Great Depression was. Right. I mean, unemployment is still, of course, very high, but it's not this prolonged, sustained, even higher rate uh, that it was during the the 30s. And, right, this nationwide seizing of the economy. Yes. And I think that does it for us today. Visit our blog, npr.org slash money, to read more about today's unemployment numbers and see some cool but depressing charts. <laughs> and let us know how you are experiencing all of this. How have, have you lost your job? Do you know people who've lost your job? Are you seeing those cliched now green shoots? Send us a note to planetmoney at npr.org. I'm Adam Davidson. And I'm Alex Bloomberg. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.